0: You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today we're very excited to have a special guest speaker with us. Now let's prepare our hearts as our special guest brings forth God's truth from His Word today.
1: Tonight we're going to be doing a little bit more of a topical lesson. Um, I don't like personally doing topical i like doing more expository and that just means where you're working through a passage because i feel like i can just really have the context of that passage but when you do topical you have to make sure you have the context of every passage you do it's just it seems it's just a lot more work um i'm not as good at doing it so this is more of a topical lesson which is why i wanted my dad to make sure he looked through it tonight we're going to be asking the question is church membership biblical Is church membership biblical? If it is, if it isn't, why do we do church membership? Why do we have church membership here at Fellowship Baptist Church? I felt like this was, as we're coming to an end here, we only have a couple more lessons left uh, before uh, the first of the year, before Christmas, and then the first of the year, and pastor will be taken back over. But I thought doing a lesson on church membership would be an appropriate lesson. Uh, addition to the study of the body of Christ. So let's take our Bibles, open up to Hebrews chapter 13. So obviously we're stepping out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13 and we're going to be in verses 7. And we'll we'll read verses, um, let's see here. I think I have the wrong verses up oh. all right let's just read verse 17 I had some more here but I have Hebrews 7 and verse 17 I'm not sure why I have that on here so verse 7 and 17 all right I do apologize I was sick all day yesterday and uh, my wife recommended I take some medicine last night, and I woke up this morning, and it I have just been in a groggy fog all day. Have you ever been there where you just like, you just, you cannot pull your brain out of this fog that you're in? I even went running outside to try to clear my mind about three o'clock this afternoon. Um, I ran down to my dad's house, and uh, I had some things to drop off, and he's, he was coming out of the house. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to clear my mind. So, all right, verses 7 and 17. Yes, this, this does fit into this, this context. The Bible says, in verse 7, remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. And then in verse 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for this is an unprofitable for you let's pray dear lord just thank you for this day lord thank you for the opportunity to be here again to learn from you and to learn more about your church and and the way you created it and how you created it to work and to function in the body of christ and lord i I most of all just pray that you will clear my mind tonight i just i still feel the a little bit of brain fog and just uh, lord give me clarity of thought as i try to communicate uh truth of church membership and what this is and we just thank you for bringing us here pray all these things in your holy precious name of jesus christ amen let me ask you this are any of you members of let's say like costco or sam's club or some type of thing like that any of you members? i tell you what you cannot grow up in a family of 10 kids I think it's just like a requirement of having 10 kids that you also have to have a sam's club membership so i'm pretty sure everybody with big families has a sam's club membership because you could buy everything in bulk but ever since i was a kid i always loved going to sam's club because what's the best thing about sam's club the free samples i remember going there and just loving to go to sam's club as a kid and going around and getting all the free samples but now that i'm adult I still love going and getting all the free samples. There's just something about it. I mean, even some of the stuff, it's like I would never buy this and I I don't even like this, but it's free, so I'll take it and eat it. And uh, now they've really stepped it up at Sam's Club and now they got those kiosks there and you can just go up and scan your Sam's Club membership and it will drop like a little treat out for you. And uh, I remember it was like, I don't remember, it was probably last summer or the summer before that, I was redoing some flooring in my house. They had it on sale but you can only get, like, a certain quantity of, like, 12. So I got my Dad Sam's Club membership, and I went, and I think Mrs. Kronbach let me use hers so I could get more of the flooring for a cheap deal. And I went up to those kiosks, and I was just scanning, card after card, getting all the free stuff out of them. Uh, I think the best thing I ever got was gummy bears. Um, Those were pretty good. And then I remember this one time my wife and I were there, and I scanned it, and it drops out a Tide Pod. And I'm just like, why... Why would, what am I going to do with this Tide Pod? I cannot believe it. Then I looked over and there were some teenagers eating them. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That, that didn't actually happen. But you guys remember that the teenagers eating the Tide Pods? Oh, that was so stupid. Um, but listen, so that's kind of the way that we understand membership to work in this day and age. You, 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 you pay some money, and, uh, or you pay your dues and you're a part of a membership. And, you, and because you're a part of that membership, you get stuff like free Tide Pods for whatever you use that for. Um, but you get something as you pay your membership or as you pay your dues. That is not in any way, shape or form the way church membership works. And I feel that probably culturally our understanding of membership and the way we use it in this culture probably doesn't do any favors to what actual church membership is from our cultural understanding of what we would think of when we think of membership. And whenever you're a member of somewhere, it's kind of what you're getting out of that thing. And so that's what we're going to be looking at, this issue of church membership tonight, what it is, what it is not. And uh, so, first off, before we jump into the passages, into the scriptures, as I was going through this, and especially even as I was going back over this today, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit all of this into one lesson. So this actually might turn into a two-part um lesson but but we'll see how it goes here but but before we jump into what the bible has to say about church membership let's address a couple issues that we deal with when it comes to church membership all right these are some issues that i'm sure pastor has heard over his time of of teaching some just some of the i guess we could say some of the problems or some of the difficulties in understanding or accepting church membership the first one and this is probably the biggest one when it comes to church membership All right. The first one is that there is no church membership commanded in the Bible. I think many of you might be surprised to hear that, but there is no explicit command to be part of a church where the Bible says you should be a church member, like, you know, laid out that directly. Um, Whenever something isn't explicitly commanded in Scripture, it definitely. Deserves fair a fair critique and fair criticism, and I'm talking about biblical criticism of studying the scriptures to see if it's true or not Um, Obviously if the Bible clearly commands something then there's no discussion about it, right? It's just this is what the Bible says and when the Bible says not to do something There's really no discussion about it and there's really no argument about it because the Bible says not to do it So we really don't have to figure that out, but the Bible doesn't clearly say be a church member All right. So I agree this deserves fair criticism. And then, you know, even some of the things and even as I was talking with my dad about this, there are things that we do as a church and the church historically has done church membership ever since, you know, the time of Christ. But historically, it's the church has done church membership. But just because a church does something traditionally doesn't make it right. All right. But also... Some, just because a church does something traditionally doesn't make it wrong all right you do things in your family i'm sure you have your own christmas traditions coming up not doing it would not be wrong and doing it is not wrong does that make sense so is church membership just a tradition that a church does it's a good question um, but just because there are no um things that explicitly tell us to have to be a part of a church membership we definitely believe it is clearly implied in many of the scriptures throughout uh, the New Testament. And and we'll be diving into some of those and explaining them. But so anyways, that's that's probably the biggest reason people don't join a church is because they say the Bible doesn't tell us to join a church. So even though it doesn't, it's definitely implied and we'll discuss that. Here's another question. Why do some people, and as I was thinking through this, but why do some people not like the idea of church membership? Why do some people struggle with the idea of church membership? Um, uh, some have been probably disenfranchised with the idea of church membership and even the churches as a whole because there has been lots of scandals and abuse throughout the church history. And I think that's just an ugly truth that we all have to deal with. There's been, some, there's been many, uh, uh, as you look out through the history of Independent Baptists, all right, there have been scandals. Uh, there's been sexual scandals. Uh, there's been uh, moral failures. There's been um, financial scandals. There have been those uh, that have abused their position. There have been uh, le- uh, pastors and leaders that have been manip- uh, manipulative and uh, verbally abusive. And um, so, yes, those things are true. So, some people are more apprehensive because of all those things that we've seen. And by the way, that's not just independent Baptists, every denomination struggles with corruption okay it's just human nature there's leaders can become corrupt all right everybody is sinners but we we're independent Baptists so we that's who we're looking at so that's that's some of the things people are just disenfranchised with the idea of the church as a whole and uh, you know maybe some of us here and I don't know but maybe some of us have been burned by spiritual leaders in our past and there's been times where um you know, there is a man you're following, there is a failure of that man. And I, 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 hey, you've seen it where a pastor will fail or a spiritual leader will fail and it really takes down a lot of people with them. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons Satan's always out after the spiritual leaders is because the people they can hurt by taking down a spiritual leader. And uh, maybe you don't want to commit to a church because of your history and you're just afraid of, um, you, you just don't want to get burned again. And if you don't join the church, it's a lot easier to be able to move on to somewhere else. You're like, I know people are going to fail eventually. I mean, there's people that actually have that view and and have that mindset. And I I understand that difficulty. I've talked with people that have been burned by their leaders and and have struggled with that. So so that's a reason. And then there are people like me. An issue when it comes to church membership is some people, and I, I preface this by saying like me, that we just don't like being under, we just don't like to willingly put ourselves underneath authority. Um, it's just human nature, okay? Um, we might not come right out and say it, but that's actually the problem, is we just don't want to put ourselves underneath someone's authority. It's just the way we are, guys. We don't like, putting, we don't like being underneath authority. It's, it's just human nature. And if that's your position, then that's okay, but you need to just come out and recognize that that's what it is. I don't want to be underneath authority, right? Uh, Just be honest about it and don't try to disguise it with other excuses or other reasoning when it comes down to just say, I just don't want to be underneath authority, okay? We just need to be honest with ourselves. Um, You know, I've heard some people say things like this, like, my pastor is Charles Stanley. That's my preacher, (laughs) right? Because that's the person, for those that you don't know, uh, Charles Stanley is a, a TV preacher, okay, and a good TV preacher. I've always enjoyed Charles Stanley's messages. They've been a huge blessing to me over the years, and I still listen to him on occasion. So, uh, yeah, there are some good preachers out there, but um, and there are good TV preachers, or, or even there's good preachers online, but they're not your preacher, Okay. And we'll understand that as we get into like what a pastor is and what he's responsible for. But just because there's a good preacher that you listen to and you absorb wisdom and knowledge and Bible teaching from him that doesn't make him your pastor. All right. You have, you, if that's the type of mindset you have, then you have no church that you are accountable to. Who do you fellowship with? If, he, if, if Charles Stanley, let's just say that, is your pastor, who do you fellowship with in that church? In that church who are you ministering to well obviously you're not because <laughs> they're down in Georgia um, so a TV preachers are great but TV preachers and I would say biblical TV preachers there's a lot of cuckoos out there all right <laughs> but any preacher that is preaching the Bible and is a good preacher like our preacher um, and you're listening to online that is a supplement to your spiritual life that is not that, that should never take the place of your regular attendance and involvement in your local church. It is simply a supplement to it. Just like reading spiritual books are fantastic. A, I love reading spiritual books, but that is not a replacement for having your devotions, okay? You need to be reading the Bible. That is the primary source. Spiritual books are a, are a supplement to that. So you cannot, your church cannot be like somebody that you listen to. All right, here's, we kind of talked about it already. But what church membership is not, it is not just like the memberships that we think of, like a Sam's Club or a Country Club or, or, um, or an exclusive club that you get to be a part of. And, but I will have to say this. Some churches do treat their church like an exclusive club. And let it never be said of Fellowship Baptist Church that that's the way uh, uh, we act when visitors come in. And, but that is, that's, that's often a huge complaint. Uh, Visitors and people, they're just like, they just don't feel welcome. Like, you know, you have to be part of the club to understand what's going on. And we definitely don't want to communicate that uh, when visitors come to our church. All right, so what is church membership? What is church membership after looking at these different things? Church membership, and I was listening to some pastors uh, teach about this because uh, obviously I spent a lot of time studying this from, from some different materials, and I loved what this pastor said. This is what he said. And he was talking about church membership of their church. He said church membership isn't like membership what, what we would think of in the conventional way of like being a member of something, uh, or as far as like, you know, being a member of like Sam's Club or that. He said church membership is more of a covenant. It's a covenanting together. It's, it's more of like a marriage it's it, When you come to a marriage and you're covenanting together in a marriage, it's not about what you get out of the marriage, right? When you covenant together in a marriage, it's about what you are going to contribute to that marriage. So that's more of like what church membership is. It's like it's a what you can contribute to that body. Um, going back to the study of the body of Christ, right? The body of Christ and how all of the members of that body... Uh, you know, through all of that, it's the, the member of the body. It's never about what the member of the body is getting out of the body. It's about how that member can contribute to the body. right? How your fingers and your nose and your eyes and your feet, how each of those contribute to the goal of what the body is moving forward in. All right, So that, you know, that's the idea of church membership. It's what you can contribute to that church. Um, you do not find a church like you find a good restaurant. Now, there are people that treat church, churches like that. You know, a lot of the we have a term for those type of people, and we call them church hoppers. All right, they just go from church to church to church to church, and they just kind of, you know, they're just looking for whatever they can get out of the church. And but you don't look for a church like you look for a good restaurant. You know, when you're looking for a good restaurant, you know, you, you're like, obviously, the biggest thing of whether you're going to enjoy a restaurant or not is how is the food. You know, is this is the food good? Obviously, you're not going to go back to a restaurant if the food is bad. Uh, what does the menu have to offer? You know, what is the atmosphere like? Um, a restaurant can have good food and a terrible atmosphere. Um, are the bathrooms clean? Uh, you know, how much does it cost? So those are like, that's not the way you look for a church. Now, I will say this, that's the way a lot of people look for churches. Uh, when you're looking for a church and you're out there and and uh, a lot of people visit a church, but they're always looking at, at the way they go to those churches as, what is this church going to do for me as I, as I come here? Is this the place, you know, what church am I going to get the most out of? That, that is not the way we should look for a church. It's always about, whenever you're looking for a church, and you're looking for a church to join a membership, it's always about, how can I contribute to this church? How can I contribute to this body of Christ? Um, I, I think of it as I was going through this. I thought about uh, this past camping trip. And um, I was with Mr. Westheimer, and we were traveling up to, uh, to get some food. Um, the guys were going out on activity. Dad took the guys on activity, and I was with Mr. Westheimer. We were going up to get food. And he was just telling me about uh, just some of their history and, and the churches they were at, and how they were part of Sycamore, and then how they came to the Napoleon, where my dad was at. And he said, this is, what, this is why they stayed at Napoleon, if I remember the story correctly, the way he was telling me. He goes, we went there, and Sam was in the class, and whatever, and they got through the day, and they left, and they didn't really have any plan of going back. And Sam said,
0: Dad, we need to go back to that church.
1: And he was like, why? And she goes, because I was the only kid in the class, and if we don't go back, my teacher won't have anybody to teach. <laughs> and I just thought of that because I was like, even as a child, she realized we need to go back to that church because they clearly need some help. <laughs> and we feel, and even as a child, she was saying, I feel like we can help out that church. If I don't go back, there won't be anybody in that class. And now, ironically, her and Josh now run our children's ministry um, so even as a child, she knew it. She knew she was going to be involved in the Sunday school ministry, and uh, now they run it. Uh, but I just thought that was, just, that, that was an interesting illustration as I was thinking about joining a church. Even a child can understand that. So when we join a church, obviously the point is when we join a church, uh, we do it to contribute to the work that that church is involved in. I don't think everybody should come to Fellowship Baptist Church. All right? obviously they don't, (laughs) but not everybody should come to Fellowship Baptist Church. If somebody comes to the church and they cannot get behind pastor, get behind what we hold to doctrinally, get behind the mission of the church, then we are more than happy to help them find a church where they can do that, right? Um, Nothing worse than somebody being at a church that they can't get behind the mission. Those people just cause problems. And it's like, listen, you know, you either need to get, and I, actually, I was just talking to somebody recently, and um, it's somebody I hadn't seen for a long time, and, and they hadn't been to church in a while. Um, I, I hadn't seen them for like like more than 15 years, but they hadn't been to church in a while. And as I was talking with them, I was like, you know, why haven't you been in church? And he said, well, and he gave me some of the reasons, and I was like, listen, dude, you either need to get over those issues, because in my opinion, they seem kind of petty. This is the type of guy you need to talk to directly. I don't talk that directly to everybody, um, but some people you have to talk more directly to. And so they just seem kind of petty. So you either need to get over it and get behind your pastor, or you need to find a church where you can get behind the pastor and the mission of that church, right? I mean, the worst thing to do is just not to go to church at all. So, so I don't think everybody should be here at fellowship, but I do believe that everybody should be a part of a local church and behind the mission of that church for your own spiritual health, for your own spiritual growth, without exercising your spiritual gifts. You know, God didn't tell us to just, is is studying God's word and having your devotions every morning absolutely essential to the Christian life? Absolutely. But that's not all it is, okay? Okay. You God so clearly commands us over and over to be invested in a functioning member of a local church. It would be like, what's the good of pastor if all he does is study and never preaches? And he just sits at home all day, just gets all this Bible knowledge. Well, we would say it's pointless because he's not taking that and investing it in the body. So it's not good to have a functioning member of a, or somebody involved in the local church that isn't having their own personal devotions. And it's also, what's the point of, of learning and doing all these things with God if you're not going to contribute and invest these things in the body of Christ? The more we flex and exercise our spiritual muscles and our spiritual gifts, the stronger they become. So we are members of a church for our own spiritual good, like for our own spiritual health. And somebody that does not contribute in that way is spiritually malnourished. There's no, there's no way to overcome that. Last question before we jump into this passage is, can you be a Christian and never attend church? Can you be a Christian and not only not be a member of a church, but actually never even attend church? Is that possible? Absolutely. Okay? There is nothing about going to church that saves you. All right? And there's nothing about not going to church that damns you to hell. All right? But it is something that God has asked us to do. And the whole context, I mean, honestly, this could be an entire series. There's books written on church membership of the biblical reasons, but God created and the way God God used it all was for us to function in community of believers and, and covenanting together with them for the cause of Christ. I heard an example given this way once. It's like, uh, when it comes to you know can somebody be saved and not be a member of a church well yes but it's also like can you drive home tonight and not turn the lights on in your car well yeah you, you could do that but it, it sure would be foolish right <laughs> to, to drive with no lights on um, you know there, there would be a strong potential that you could drive off the road or or, or hit a tree or hit a you know hit, hit a rock or 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 something, it would just be stupid. More than likely, you'd hit a deer, okay? (laughs) Enough people are hitting those with lights on, let alone with lights off. Man, this has been a brutal year for hitting deer. I have seen so many deer hit uh, this season. I don't know what the deal is. But yes, you could do all of those things, but it sure would be foolish to try to drive without your lights on. The lights are in the car for a reason. They, They help you see what's ahead of you, uh, they help keep you from danger. They help keep you in the middle of the road, so you're not swerving back and forth because you don't know where you're going. Obviously, that's not a perfect illustration, but the idea is, is that the church is kind of like the lights on a car. They help keep the. It, it, it helps give you guidance. Helps you know where to go. Yes, you can drive with your lights off, but it sure would be dumb. All right. It is there. The church is there to help us navigate this thing we call life. help us navigate it biblically all right let's jump into our passage and um let's see the context here and so even though the the bible doesn't talk explicitly and say you need to be a church member here's one of the passages and next week we'll dive into many more passages but i think we'll just work through this one tonight of it is biblically implied that we should be part of a local church hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 it says obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for this is unprofitable for you so here we are we're in hebrews chapter 13. in this chapter the writer possibly paul we're not actually sure who the writer of Hebrews is, some think it's Paul, some thinks it may be someone else, but despite the fact the the writer here tells, is telling the church that there are three major things, if you study through this whole chapter, there are three major things that should mark the life of a Christian. Number one, in verses one through eight, it talks about the controlling of personal behaviors, alright, a Christian should have this control of their personal behaviors, verses one through eight. Verses two, or excuse me, verses nine through sixteen talks about guarding against Um, uh, uh, false teaching and false doctrines. Um, So that's verses 9 through 16. And then in verses 17 through 25, it talks about obeying and praying for your spiritual leaders and being perfect in all good works. So we're going to focus in on the obeying for obeying your spiritual leaders section of this chapter, just so we have a context of what the whole chapter is talking about. All right. So in this chapter, the writer is specifically talking about obeying church leaders. All right. Uh, Some Bible words for church leaders is the Bible uses the word elders. Um, It uses the word bishop, pastor. Uh, These are all right. Okay. these are all different terms for the same. We believe the same position. And so um, we typically here at, at independent Baptist churches use the word pastor when we refer to the spiritual leader, all right? Um, but we could also call him Bishop White or uh, <laughs> or uh, Elder White. Uh, biblically, those would be appropriate, but we, in our context, we just use the word pastor. So from now on, whenever I talk about pastor or the Bible talks about pastors or elders or bishops, it's all talking about the same position, the spiritual leader of that church. We'll use the term pastor from here on out, just to understand that. All right. So first, first of all, in the last part of this chapter, it tells Christians that they need to submit to their leaders that are over them. Remember them that have the rule over you. All right, who have uh, who have spoken unto you the word of God whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. So. It talks about the end about submitting to your leaders. Here in verse 7, it tells us who those spiritual leaders are. All right, so look down into verse 7. That's why I had verse 7 and verse 17 uh, back to back there. Okay, remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God. All right, uh, continue on. Whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. It is so clear from this verse That he is speaking about the pastors, bishops, or elders, the spiritual leaders of the church. All right. So obviously, who is the person that the the main person who consistently teaches us the word of God? It is Pastor White. Okay. So that's who it is talking about, the spiritual leader of that church. And listen, many churches nowadays have multiple pastors, right? And that is very biblical as well. As you look through the New Testament, there are many places where it talks about the elders or the, the you know the, the uh, pastors, and and it's used plural. So, having multiple pastors is right, and having only one pastor is right. All right, the Bible doesn't tell us a number. We understand that that fluctuates as a church grows larger. All right, so uh, let's see here. It says. Obviously, these are men that have been called into the ministry, and so the Bible says that we must submit to our spiritual leaders. All right? Okay. Sorry, I'm kind of refocused. I lost my spot. All right. He then goes on, so, he's, so clearly in verse 7, we see that he's talking about pastors talking about the spiritual leaders of the church. He then goes on to give us a list of the things that pastors are responsible for. Now we're going somewhere with this because this is important. So what is a pastor, the spiritual leader of the church, Pastor White, uh, what is he responsible for? Here's the first thing it says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they what? For they watch for your souls, okay? That is before God, Pastor Wright's responsibility for you. He watches for your soul. That means that Pastor White is concerned for our personal welfare. He's concerned for our spiritual growth. He's concerned for our personal holiness, for our purity, for our our knowledge of the scriptures, for our faith, our love. He's concerned when we go through trials and temptations in our life. Pastor White carries all of that with him, for you on your behalf when we're sick when we're suffering so they are to watch for our souls and we are to listen to them and follow their counsel that's what this passage is talking about so number one this passage tells pastors to watch for your souls number two it says God calls leaders to know that they are accountable to him to God himself pretty serious. It says here that spiritual leaders, the pastors of the church, are accountable to God for you. Isn't that crazy? Like a spiritual leader, the pastor, is accountable to God for the decisions you make. It's pretty intense. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. So they have to give an account for the decisions you make. This, is, uh, this helps keep the leaders uh, um, from abusing their positions of authority, abusing their members. The leader knows that he is accountable to God and will stand before God to give an account for, for, for the people that are underneath his care. Um, uh, so this, it just helps keep him accountable. All right, let's move on. Next one. A leader, it says here, the last thing, that a leader can be grieved and hurt, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for this is unprofitable for you. So as we follow our spiritual leaders, they are filled with joy as they see us grow in our spiritual lives, as they see us following God's will for our lives, as they see us sharing the gospel and the church growing. Nothing brings a pastor more joy than to see his members walking in truth. But... When a member falls away and they turn away and they, they, they fall into sin or they're, they're making unwise decisions, that grieves the pastor. So it hurts the pastor and it grieves him. Now listen, I know this passage talks about, and I just want to give this caveat because I've seen pastors abuse this. And when I say pastor, I'm not talking about <laughs> Pastor White, but church is my... Study. I, I, I follow lots of churches, and and uh, you know, and and this, I, I keep up on what's going on in the church world. And pastors abuse their positions. Okay, so when it talks about submitting to your pastors, it's never talking about not calling out sin in the pastor's life. A lot of times, when the abuse in churches happen, it's because people did not call out the sin in the pastor's life. If if a pastor is sinning, then we are held to a higher standard than the pastor. And who's the higher standard? God, okay? So nobody is allowed to break God's laws. Just like here on earth, we submit to our government authorities unless they command us to do something that violates God's word. Then it's like, hey, we have to submit to God rather than man, okay? So I know you guys already know that, but I just wanted to bring in that caveat. We never, uh, we always call out sin for what it is, and that is sin. All right, application really quick. Let's draw the application. For this passage and see how this applies to church membership. So we've talked about the pastor, we've talked about his responsibility over you, we've talked about our responsibility to submit to our pastor and to put ourselves underneath his rule. So, so here's the church membership application. Here's the big questions we need to ask in this passage. Without church membership, what spiritual leader does a Christian have to submit to and obey? If God tells us As Christians, to submit to our spiritual, the spiritual leaders that minister the word unto us, without church membership, who is that? Um, We were just at pastor's breakfast Monday. There are a lot of good pastors in the area. Um, Are you, because Pastor Rich over at Loomis, he ministers the word of God faithfully, are you to submit to Pastor Rich's authority? Are you to submit to Pastor Boyd's authority, who's over at Sycamore? Or, or, I don't know, we can name any of the pastors. Pastor Summers over at Faith. Is it your responsibility as a Christian to submit to their authority? Because they do hold different positions than Pastor White does on some different particular topics. No, I, don't, I don't really know anybody that holds the exact same position on everything. All right? What are you to submit to them? So here's the big question. If God tells you to submit to your spiritual authority, the spiritual leader, specifically the pastor, who is that? Do you ha- Let me ask you this. Do you have to submit to the pastor at the non-denominational church? Do you think that pastor would hold some different positions than our pastor? Or at the United Brethren Church? Who is it? I think it's so clearly obvious that we submit to the church where we are members at. The church that we have covenanted together with that church to say, we agree with your doctrine, we agree with the mission and the call of the church, and we want to join in that work that God is doing. Okay? That is, biblically, what we believe. Like we said, it's not explicitly said, but it's definitely implied. You submit to the authority of the church that you join in membership. We think it's pretty obvious and and pretty clear. Um, Of course, you know, I mean, even think about this. If I went and listened to Pastor Rich preach for one service, you know, it's like, uh, well, then I'm not underneath his authority. Um, Anyways, I I could belabor the point. Lastly, who here's the last question from this passage is who is the pastor because we saw that we are accountable to submit to the pastors but then we also see in this passage that the pastor is accountable to god for the people underneath his care so here here's the big question to ask so we have the question from the our side and then we ask the question from the pastor's side as well who is the pastor accountable to god for who is the pastor accountable to god for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief." So pastor is accountable to God for who? Who is that? Is it the every person that walks through the door of Fellowship Baptist Church? Is it every person who hears him preach? If that's the case, then he's going to shut down the media ministry right now because we don't want everybody all over the world to hear us preach and now we're responsible for all of them. Um, <laughs> I think this is a question that Pastor White probably wants to know. I want to know, before God, who do I have to give an account for? Um, Also, I think every Bible-believing pastor wants to have clarity. Who do we give an account for in our ministries? Well, I think it's so obvious that um, we believe here, that the pastor and traditionally this is what the church is held to, is that the pastor gives an account for those Christians that have covenanted together with that body of Christ uh, to fulfill the great commission in their context. Um, we signify that covenant, and I'm using the word covenanting together, and because that's really what church membership is—you are making a covenant, and we are agreeing to falling underneath the pastoral authority of this church and, and, and continuing on for the mission that God has called this church to do in that context which ultimately boils down to evangelism and discipleship and then that's applied in, in a hundred different ways to, to be able to do that so we believe that that um, the pastor gives an account for his members All right, and, and like I said that's been traditionally held for the churches now uh, we'll, just, we'll just wrap it up here. Next week, we'll look through uh, more passages that we, that we can extrapolate from those passages. Clearly, it's talking about church membership, getting into more um, biblical reasons for it. But um, listen, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know who is church members here and who is not. I don't know that. Um, I just have never looked at it, and I don't, I don't have a record of that and know it off the top of my head. But I am here to tell you that if you are not a church member, you need to be a church member at a local body of Christ where you connect with that body of Christ and you commit to falling underneath pastoral authority. And I say that because it's biblical and it's what the Bible says. And that you join together with that body of Christ as a member to complete the mission God has called that church to do, which ultimately is discipleship and evangelism. Next next week, there's so much material. Next week, we'll talk about the purpose, uh, more of the purposes of of church membership. Um, But I also want to say this, too. God's going to call some of you guys away. And when God calls you away, if he does, you do not look for a church based off of what that church is going to do for you. You look for a church biblically based off of where does God want us and how can we contribute to that church to help the mission go forward. It's never about us. It's always about Jesus Christ. It's always about the gospel. And how can we most effectively join together
0: with a group of believers to accomplish the Great Commission. Let's pray.